0: Welcome back to Secondhand Therapy. We want to remind you that we are not
1: experts. Every week, not.
0: You want me to to change it up? Yeah. Do it again. Welcome back to Secondhand Therapy. Yeah. Hello, you. We want to remind you that we are not experts, therapists, uh, advice givers. uh, We are advice givers. Are we?
1: Yeah. Just not professionally. Don't take it seriously. Yeah we're not yeah this is not professional advice this is not a substitute for therapy no but yeah we give advice sometimes yeah we're just two guys you know going through it Yeah, yeah yeah that's enough play the music (laughs)
0: <laughs> when you ain't got no dad, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I feel like that's the the root. Yeah, of daddy issues.
0: That's the rooter.
1: Isn't well, just just the root.
0: The rooter of the tutor. It's n- that's what I told my therapist. I said, "How you gonna have? To, how am I gonna have daddy issues when I ain't got no dad?" I said that verbatim, in and therapy. she
1: said, "Did you hear yourself?" She said, "I have to see other clients now." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She goes, obviously, you have daddy issues, because you don't have a dad.
0: Daddy wasn't there.
1: Daddy wasn't there to take me to the fair to change my underwear. It seems he doesn't care. It seems he
0: doesn't care. All right, go ahead. <coughs> oh, buddy. So,
1: spoiler alert, your dad wasn't around.
0: Yeah, I think we are. I mean, we
1: know that. We know that. We And we know that. We know that. Don't take my fucking just it. catchphrase. You can borrow it. Yeah. And we know that.
0: Um... I guess it started with this idea of validation.
1: You and an idea? (laughs) Not an idea.
0: Yeah. I because I was I opened the session with being like, Why am I so hooked on validation from others? Yeah. What how do I stop this cycle? Like you and I have been talking about this a lot where you're like, why do you give a
1: fuck? Addicted. Yeah. Yeah. Fiend. It's a problem. It's a problem and we know that.
0: So we started there with this question of what is what is this search this constant need for validation. Mm. And uh I I I said is it is it because I had so much love from my mother at home um that when I went out into the world that the love wasn't there from strangers and so I was like oh I need to have this equal amount of love that i'm getting from my mother i need to get
1: that from strangers Mm, so even though your mom was giving you so much love it still wasn't enough you think
0: yeah or it was what i was used to Mm. you know because you're you know you step
1: out of the house and you're cold turkey
0: yeah you're a dumb little kid you don't know you're like hey wait a minute
1: i was a smart little kid go ahead
0: why doesn't everybody love me like mom
1: does because they're, like, they're not your mom but exactly. yeah go ahead. they're like yeah, oh yeah, you yeah.
0: have to earn that and you're like oh how do i earn that I'm yeah like, well do tricks
1: they're like be skinny you're like yeah I don't know how to do <laughs> that it's the
0: only thing i can't yeah. do <laughs> we did get into that a little bit about because she was asking me about my childhood and what validation from others looked like when mm. i was young cupcake yeah and we were talking about we've talked about this in other episodes where I was very performative and I was doing Chris Farley impressions and falling through tables and all these things. And, uh, she hit me with this, which was interesting. She goes, um, she goes, why, you know, even though Chris is very funny and very talented, she's like, is he the one that you would have chosen to impersonate if you could choose anybody? Hmm. And I said, no, And I said, but he was the one I got stuck with. Yeah. And she goes, hmm, interesting. And I go, oh, oh, wait, what? what?" Out of
1: curiosity, who would your choice have been?
0: (sighs) Probably Pryor or Hicks. Yeah? Yeah. Like, those are my two big, like, especially Hicks, because not a lot of people know about him. Yeah. And,
1: uh... Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks, (laughs) If you're listening. Um... Look up his stand up. He's great. He's incredible. Um, He's dead.
0: But I said, I said, that was the one I was stuck with. And she said, well, that's interesting. And I go, "Uh, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. And she goes, well, I mean, nobody assigned you to create, you weren't stuck with that. Yeah. And I go, oh, okay. I go, well, that's the one I chose because that would be the one that would get me the most attention
1: and love and whatever. It's the easiest one to get laughed at. Yeah. They're not laughing at what you're saying, they're just laughing at you. Right.
0: Yes. And she said, <laughs> and I said that, you know, whatever. And she goes, hmm. <laughs> I fucking hate that shit. Don't you fucking hate that? And they're like, hmm. mm-hmm. and they want you to come around to it. You're like, just tell yeah. me. Tell me the
1: fucking answer. Yeah. Oh, you see that smug look on your face? Swap it for some fucking words, lady. <laughs> what? Right. Clue man. Hey. I like to
0: buy a vowel.
1: Hey man, quick question. What? <laughs> Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Um, So I said that this was, you know, the one I got stuck with. She said, interesting. And then we, and then she said, uh, she
1: said, hmm. (laughs) She said, hmm.
0: And I said, "Uh, what's going on there? And she goes, well, you don't know that. I said, "Uh, what? She goes, you don't know that if you would have done another impression, then it wouldn't have given you the same amount of love or whatever. You were just. Choosing that one. And she goes, I think you chose that one because it allowed you control. Because a lot of my anxiety, even though I'm a super chill, laid back dude, a lot of my anxiety is rooted in control. Mm. And so she goes, it allowed you control the bullying from others. If you were already beating them to the punch, if you are already making fun of yourself and making fun of your weight and how you presented yourself, then they couldn't do that
1: yeah that's fa- that's using yeah, that's, humor as a def- yeah 101
0: that's fat kid 101 right yeah 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 but it was interesting to hear it when you think that you when you think that when I'm thinking that I had a choice or when I and I'm sorry when I'm thinking that I didn't have a choice mm-hmm. and that I did that was an interesting way to unpack that to be like yeah you could have done Bill Hicks
1: mm-hmm.
0: you you could have done that yeah and you didn't Because you thought you were stuck with Chris because. Because fat. Yep. Yeah. 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 That was a wild thing to unpack Hmm. in the childhood department. Um, And then we started talking more about childhood and people pleasing and validation and mom and, and this need to always just be a good boy Yeah. with the trust that came because I had a lot of freedom with my mother, Mm -hmm. but she needed to trust me that I would make the right decisions. And my therapist stopped me again when I said that, because she was like, well, what what would happen if you ever disappointed your mother? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, nothing, nothing would happen. Like I would just, it just would hurt her. And I didn't want to hurt mom because mom's the person who loved me the most. And so it hurt me the most if to hurt her. And I said that she trusted me a lot to make the right decision. And she goes, Hmm, the right decision. Mm I was like, is there a (laughs) fucking echo in here? (laughs) She goes, that's, it's a lot of pressure for a child, huh? To make the right decision. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I said, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> she goes, what makes it the right
1: decision? If mom likes it.
0: Right. Yeah. I said, well, you know, things that will keep me safe or make sure that I'm okay. And, you know, again, like she's trusting me to, to have this freedom. So she needs to know that I can handle it, that I can be okay, that I'm going to be safe and I'm going to do things and make decisions that will, you know take care of me. Mm-hmm. she says. Hmm, that's something you still struggle with today. Huh? I was like, uh, huh. <laughs> She's like, interesting. Making the right decision, making the right decisions and the pressure that goes along with it. Cause you always think you're going to miss out, miss out or choose wrong and hurt somebody or mm. not have the confidence in myself to know that this is the best decision for me. I think that goes back to that executive disf- dysfunction that happens with my ADHD. When that meets up with the pressures of making the right decision, Jesus, dude, that's a fucking beast.
1: Do you still think there is right and wrong decisions?
0: You and I talk about this. And fucking, I'm like
1: fucking. We're so- not talking about morals, <laughs> okay? I know that you're a big you're a big uh, proponent on it's just a decision. There is no I. I'm trying to instill that belief in myself. Yeah. I still feel the pressure of right and wrong decision. I'm really trying to let go of that. Yeah. Because even, you know, I'm a logical guy. Yeah. Even logically, there is in so many instances when it comes to like the path of your life, Mm -hmm. like obviously morals, there's a right and wrong decision. But when it comes to like you're buying a car and you're stuck between two, like there's no right or wrong decision. You're never going to know what happened if you bought the other one. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I just, I really, I'm trying so hard to instill that in myself that there's no right or wrong. It's just a decision. You're never going to know what would have happened if you went the other way. And you're never going to know if it would have been better or worse. So you made a decision. Go with it. Yeah.
0: That's a, that's a. Big hurdle to get over though, especially. Oh, oh you sure? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Especially for a super chill, laid back dude like myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The pressures of making the right decision are what's best for you. Again, that goes back into what we talked about a few weeks ago about that security that comes with just having a mother. Sign off every once in a while on like, mm-hmm. hey, you're going to be okay. Like yeah. when you feel like you've made the wrong or bad decision, man, it'd be great to have somebody like a mom tell you, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Because a lot of times we wallow in that, you know, like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. I fucked up, you know? Yeah. Um, I am trying to do a better job in the aftermath
1: of it of the aftermath of making the decision. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. When you feel like it's, when it, when it goes wrong and you, you're kicking yourself being like, I knew I should have done this. I'm really trying to work. That's what I'm working on more than like this idea of like, there is no right or wrong decision is the aftercare of it and being, and being able to let go sooner of that situation and going, okay, you know what? I can't fucking change it. Mm. that's the decision I made. That's the outcome. There's no reason to sit here and go, what if, what if, what if? Yeah. It's done. How's that going? Slow. Yeah. But it's helped me a lot in some situations where you just go, you know what? That's it. And I'll never know the other way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Because it's so easy to be like, ah, fucked up. Should have done the other one. The other one could have been 10 times worse. Yeah. And sooner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dude, life is so fucking weird. Anyway, you were talking about your dad. Oh, buddy. We got off track with Chris Farley and mom. What's going on with your dad? So I thought
0: I was chasing this validation from my mother, right? Mm -hmm. And then she brings up dad. Daddy. And I was like, she starts talking about... What it was like when he was to come around. Mm. Did the energy shift? Was it, uh, was it exciting when he was there? Or was it dreadful?
1: How often would he come around? <sighs> like on an average week?
0: Probably three times.
1: How about on like a good week if you saw him a lot? Oh
0: probably five times, but seeing him meant that he just made it home that night and fell asleep on the couch. He never went to bed. He always slept on the couch in the living Mm. room. So seeing my father meant that like, Oh, I, I caught him in the morning when he's sleeping on the couch and I had to be quiet during breakfast and all that stuff. Yeah. And he would get up around 10 or 11 and then he'd be out the door to go golfing or meet up with his friends or whatever. And then I wouldn't see him again until usually the next morning sleeping on the couch. Mm. So I'd have a few moments with him here and there. So he was never like home. Yeah. You know, like being dad.
1: He just crash. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and that was only once we moved to, um, this house that he was only with us for a year before he passed. Main street. Yeah. Yeah. We lived right next door to my grandmother mm-hmm. and, um, Yeah, that was the most that he was home because it was like a new home. It was bigger. They were like trying. I think they were trying to like fall in love again. Yeah. And
1: uh, spoiler alert. That's what killed him. (laughs) Love love hurts. It was too much for him to take. (laughs) Yeah, he's like,
0: Jesus, Nancy. Like a
1: wife and a kid? Jesus (laughs) Christ. Fuck that. Wake (laughs) me up never. I got a tea
0: time (laughs) again. (laughs)
1: Fuck off. We're, dude, we're being so mean to your dad.
0: Uh, Well, you'll find out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep going. (laughs) All right. So she asked me what the feelings were when dad was around. Mm -hmm. And it was honestly exciting. Um, Because he was, when I started talking about my father in therapy, this is a big revelation for me. Um, I started talking about how cool my dad was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why it was so exciting because he kind of set his own rules. He dressed funky, you know, always like um, velvet shirts and like, you know, like the 70s cab driver hats and like mm-hmm. very jazz. My dad was very jazz. Six yeah. one, uh, uh, slender, but broad, you know, mustache like very jazz
1: um completely bald on top but very confident still oh yeah yeah
0: hung out with all black dudes your dad
1: was the blackest white dude i've ever seen his nickname was julio (laughs) like
0: my dad was jazz yeah the coolest and um i started unpacking that in therapy and she was like listening and then i What I eventually came around to was not feeling like I was ever enough for my father. I wasn't cool enough to hang out with my dad. Mm. We didn't share a lot of interest you know he was into mm. golf and boxing and things like that and I could give a fuck about any of that I used to pretend to like boxing for him you know mm. and he'd want to like shadow box me and stuff in the kitchen and I you know, so, you know that's yeah the opposite of who I am I'm like oh no. yeah you know um yeah and just feeling not not cool enough for my dad to like me Followed up by the immediate revelation of, I shouldn't have to be cool enough for my dad to like me. My dad should just fucking like me. He's my dad. Yeah. And I'm literally screaming in therapy. He's my fucking dad. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, he should just love me. And my therapist is like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I still struggle with the empathy that we talked about a few weeks ago with seeing my father and the addiction and things like that, where I want to be mad at him. I want to be like, why couldn't you just fucking love me? Why couldn't you just be a fucking dad and just, just, and that's it. Just be a fucking dad. Mm -hmm. And then you think about the addiction and those things. And, uh, and you wonder, you wonder what the capacity is for that. And then you go, "Well, fuck, I can't. I can't be mad at you. Maybe you don't know any better. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you weren't capable of that. Again, that addiction's a motherfucker." And so I'm still torn on this idea of. being stuck in the unresolvable because he's gone. Mm -hmm. So I can't talk to him now. I can't fucking, I can't do anything about it. There's no other information. I'm just stuck in this in between of why couldn't you be my fucking dad? And I'm so sorry you couldn't be my fucking dad. I'm sorry you weren't capable of that.
1: I'm going to challenge you. Yeah. It sounds like you're trying to give him an out. Um, Because it sounds like even before the truck accident and him getting over prescribed pills and all that. He still wasn't really around. Is that wrong? He was when I was young Mm -hmm.
0: and he was for his other children.
1: So when you say he was when you were young, is, are those your memories or is that what you were told?
0: I mean, I have a scrapbook full of photos of my father from when I'm five or six. Mm -hmm. Uh, from like zero to six, he's in almost every photo, mm. and we're playing and he's building you know little toys and playhouses and and we're golfing and we're wearing mansion outfits, and we're you know we're doing yeah. all that stuff mm. and he was a great father I've talked to my my sister heather my half sister Heather, about it, and he was a great father to her and her sister and Mm-hmm. My half brother and mm-hmm. um, he was great for them. We uh, it's such a weird thing. It's the same man but two different lives for us. And yeah. So when we talk about dad, it's I mean this therapy session fucked me up so much. I called my sister afterwards. <laughs> so it was yeah.
1: Like,
0: hey, how are you? Yeah. She, you know we and she had, she brought up a picture that I posted of dad um on Facebook for. I think around Thanksgiving or something like that. And um, it's dad in a pair of like short shorts in the 80s and he's feeding some some ducks. Mm-hmm. And she's like that picture of dad you posted and he's wearing shorts like I've never seen him wear shorts. And in my head I'm like dad always wore your little short shorts around and shit like yeah. that. And she's like oh dad always wore pants. It's the same man two different lives. Mm-hmm. Even in little things like that
1: yeah is it is it possible you want to put so much empathy into um, the addiction side of it because that gives him an out and then you can convince yourself that it wasn't you or your mom that it it was the pills.
0: No, I, I think I really am just looking at the reality of it Mm. because obviously I think the world of my mother. Yeah. And so I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just actually taking stock in the reality of, because i have here's what i would say because i've 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 let off the gas a little bit on the pills because i used to write my dad off as just being like oh he's a, he was a drunk or he was a junkie mm-hmm. yeah no. cool and now i'm like oh wait a minute and so i've let off the gas a little so it's not i'm not writing that off as an excuse um I would have I, that that would have made more sense if I was still like full steam ahead about being like, yeah, my dad was a fucking junkie, so of course it was the pills. Mm-hmm. Like no, I'm... my therapist did say something interesting though. She said, um, you know, we're talking about not being enough for my father mm-hmm. when I was young, <sighs> and even now I feel that way. I'm like, am I cool enough to hang out with my dad now? I don't think so. Which is a weird thought.
1: Yeah, who gives a shit? Like, how I are know. you not cool enough to hang out? Oh, whatever, dude. I don't get. I don't know. get it. I don't I
0: get it. <laughs> so she says. <clears throat> she goes. Um. I said, yeah, but he, you know, he was my dad. Like, well, why? He should just want that, you know. And mm-hmm. she goes, yeah. She goes, was there anybody around that would have said that to you? Would have reassured you mm. when you were young? Yeah. I go, sure, there's a lot of people around that should have said that or could yeah. have said that, but nobody did say that. And especially after my father was dead. You don't talk ill about your father. and You yeah. don't talk ill about the dead. And so he just became kind of like this untouchable figure. Mm. And so she, and she goes, I'm not trying to... Ask you to tell this to yourself now, to your younger self now. And she goes, I'm just saying this in general. Like, if there was a random 10 year old boy who is telling you what you're telling yourself right now, that, you know, they don't feel cool enough to hang out with their dad, what would you say to them? And I was like, oh my God, that's heartbreaking. I would tell them that they are more than enough and that they are awesome and loved and all these things. And I would want to talk to the fucking dad and be like, hey, man. Uh, you need to change some shit around. Your kid thinks you fucking hate him. Like what's going on here? You know? Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah. Do you know that if anybody ever had a talk with your dad about getting it together with you? I would imagine. Never I, confirmed. though. No. no.
0: Because again, you, you just don't. I think it goes into making people uncomfortable and all those things. Mm -hmm. And what I would, you know, mom would never tell me really the truth about my father. Mm -hmm. And uh, nobody in the family was really allowed to speak about him, again, especially after he died. Except for Wayne, Mm. my stepfather. When he came into the picture, he did not like my father. Yeah. Him, my mother, and my father all worked at the same factory in town. So Wayne knew them, knew him pretty well, yeah, and did not like him.
1: Mm. And
0: uh, but Wayne even then would never like speak ill of him. But whenever his name was brought up and stuff, his body language would change, and he would get real quiet and real kind of like, you know, uh, yeah, just not pouty, but like stubborn, you know. Oh, yeah. well,
1: this fucking guy again. Yeah, just yeah, uh, yeah
0: your dad, you know, yeah. <laughs> like t- talking through his teeth, <laughs> and because um, he knew the truth. Yeah, he, he knew who my father was. And he, even, he waited a year to approach my mother after my father died and said, Hey, you know, listen, mm-hmm. I've liked you for a long time. I didn't like the way that Craig treated you. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to show you a little better life. Wayne was such a good dude. Yeah, Wayne was dope. And we started talking about. (laughs) We started talking about Wayne and how he was this father figure that I never had. And he had all this love for me and all these things, which I appreciated. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But there was always like this block up that he wasn't my father. And not that it didn't matter, but it didn't matter as much. Mm -hmm. And so we unlocked this idea of, I remember screaming this in therapy when I found this out. But I was like, all of these years, I have been chasing title and power versus character and merit. And this boils down to this idea I'm always talking about on here that this, these thoughts of like, is it, is it family man or rock star that I mm-hmm. want to be and the struggles that I've had of like, you know, whatever. And my therapist like, let me rant for a few. And she goes, Mm-hmm. your struggles between being Craig or Wayne. And I just started fucking crying. Yeah. And I'm like, God damn it. She's like, yeah. I go, yeah. The, my father, it matters more. Because he has title and power. Wayne had merit and character and it didn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't seeking that validation. Yeah. I already had the love from Wayne. Wayne was so proud of me. Wayne yeah. would brag about me all the time. He was so involved in everything I was doing. He would hang out with my friends and joke around with them and he would try to teach me things and yeah. And my father could give a fuck. But it just didn't matter because Wayne didn't have the power and title that my father had. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So the validation that I've been seeking that I thought was overcompensating for my mother's love. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out it's all about dad. Mm. Which brings me back around to, how you gonna have daddy issues yeah. when you ain't even got a dad?
1: Well, that's how. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. How was your therapy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hold on, I'm about done with you. Okay. Oh, fuck. Here we go. Um. Let me hear it. So look, now that you have all this information, uh, yeah, is it rock star or family man? I'm definitely changing
0: my views on a lot of things. And try and we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago off air that was really eye opening too about being more grateful and being happy with what I have and stop chasing all this emptiness this validation Mm -hmm. that's hard to turn off that's hard to switch lanes is it yeah yeah it seems
1: like it'd be so easy
0: well because it's dangerous I feel like because if you overcorrect then you end up being like barefoot and living in Utah on like a (laughs) In like a tree house, and you're like, I don't need anything. And you're like, yeah. oh, you need something. You need shoes. Yeah. Put some shoes on. You need soap. How about soap? Yeah. I make my own deodorant now. You're like, Well, you shouldn't. Yeah. Well, you smell like shouldn't. shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a dangerous yeah. thing when you're like, I just let go of all of it. And you're like, Yeah. Man, keep some of it. Yeah. You know. Um, but I am taking inventory and trying to be more honest in what matters and what is valuable
1: in the chase and what's not. Are you talking about professionally or personally or both? Both Both Hmm yeah. <sighs> Man Yeah man Yeah I would love for it to be enough for you one day <sighs> Buddy Yeah No matter what you get it's never enough It's, all, mm-hmm. it's always about what you didn't get Yeah I'm very spoiled
0: I'm Spoiler boy
1: Yeah Only child spoiler boy You're a four year old grown man now But <laughs> yeah 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 Oh man Yeah fuck dude (sighs) what you got I got nothing compared to that
0: (laughs) you're like my life's great (laughs) yeah
1: I really dude I actually did have a moment the other day about how great my life is yeah yeah and um I am trying to be more great more aware of how good things are and (sighs) just being more grateful yeah because I do have a really good life um I don't feel great all the time. Um,
0: what do you mean? What does that look
1: like? I mean, it just have a great life, dude. Like this is this is what I do for work. Yeah. And like, I I don't I have no debt. I I have food in the fridge. I have a place to live. Yeah. Car's paid off. I have gas in my car. I don't answer anybody, you know. Um, but sometimes I, you know, I still get really sad. And uh, just even though you know, I can, I can look at my life and understand how great it is. Like it just, I just, it just feels bad sometimes still. And. I don't know, it might not be a real thing, but like, maybe if I can practice, um, you know, more gratitude for like everything I have, everything I just said is like, I've built for myself. Yeah. Um, if I could just be more aware and outwardly or as you would as you would argue, inwardly <laughs> yeah. grateful. I don't know, maybe those like those darker down moments would be a little farther apart, fewer, far and fewer between. What are those darker moments rooted in? Is it Fuck dude, I don't know. Probably some of the same shit you're talking about, just wanting more, even though I don't need it. Yeah. You know, I think, uh,
0: man. Do you deal with survivor's guilt at all?
1: (laughs) Where the fuck did that come from? Jesus. Uh. Oh, yeah. It's it's my turn to sucker punch you. (laughs) I didn't even sucker punch you tonight.
0: (laughs) Not tonight.
1: Uh. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did for a long time. Not not in the. And I think the term survivor's guilt kind of implies that like we both could yeah. have died and I survived. But that's like the survivor's guilt that we're referring to is like. More like a widower. Uh, that I just, yeah. I could have saved her. I could have done something or, or like, just I the, could have done things differently and it would have had a different outcome and.
0: Yeah, or just being here and not. Yeah, I did for a long time. I have, so, I had some of that with, obviously, with mom and things yeah. like that. Or Wayne, especially when I was mm. spending time with mom, it was like, I'm here and he's
1: not. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Um, but that was for your mom, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and
0: that could be as simple as that. It doesn't always have to be like I could have done X, Y, and Z to change. Maybe things would be different. It's just yeah. like,
1: oh. Yeah, mine was more rooted in I could have yeah. or should have done, you know, blah, blah, blah. Could have been there, could have not, whatever. Um, n- uh, I did for a while, but I think I've, I'm have i at a place now where I'm like, damn, bro, all that shit's out of my control. Like, yeah. Yeah. Accidents happen, people do stupid things, and, you know, it's out of your control. Yeah. Why do you ask?
0: I was just wanting was wondering where the root of the sadness is if you cuz you were getting on me so much about wanting more and busting my balls about it and then mm-hmm. to hear you talk about how this isn't enough and I was like, "Oh, if it's not if he's not rooted in the same things that I am, then what else could it be?"
1: Well, I think it 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 is rooted in the same because that's just that's just the yeah. society we've subscribed to. We've been programmed our whole lives oh, yeah, to yeah. constantly chase and it's got to be the big house. It's got to be the nice car. It's got to be money, money, money. Mm. And that's just, that's not it. Yeah. And it's, like you say, it's hard to... This kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. Like, I know in like my logical brain, I'm like, yeah, it's all bullshit. <laughs> like My life's great. I do whatever I want all the time. But sometimes you scroll your phone and you see other podcasts are doing these kinds of numbers and dude, this guy drives this kind of car and, and you know, you just, it's just so hard when we're constantly fed bigger and better. And you, it's, it's, it's hard to not compare yourself Mm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. No one's immune to that. I'm not, even though consciously I know like, You're not comparing To a real thing Right Like so it doesn't matter But Yeah you know I'm still programmed that way So I think it's still It still rears It's head on me Yeah Yeah But Yeah like you said When you mentioned gratitude I've been I had a moment the other day Of Just like dude My life's dope as fuck I should be more More grateful A little more consistent With Expressing Gratitude that. Yeah.
0: Did you start edmr Is that is that what it
1: is EMDR? EMDR. No, we did a uh a little more prep this week. We're going to I'm having my first go at it next week. Oh shit. Yeah. Are you nervous? Yeah. We're not we're not going to start like heavier stuff like tr- trauma trauma trauma, but like we're going to start with body image stuff. Mm. So all this week we were talking about times in my life, or we were talking about when, like, why do I not like how I look or why do I not like my body and when do I not like my body? I'm like, oh, just whenever I see my reflection anywhere. (laughs) Just when my eyes are open. (laughs) Yeah, just when I see my reflection. She goes, oh, what do you, what do you think? And I go, oh, I'm a fat fuck. I'm disgusting. I'm a disgusting fat fuck. And she, um... She all traces it back. She's like, okay, and let's say that were true, that you were a disgusting fat fuck. What would that mean? Mm. I was like, well, I guess that would mean that I'm undisciplined and lazy, and I just don't care about anything. She goes, okay, and if those are true, what does that mean about you? I was like, well, I guess that I'm worthless. She goes, and there it is. Mm. She goes, You think because of the way you look, you're worthless? Fuck. And I was like, She's, eh, the, uh,
0: she's the world's greatest detective. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch is bad. i like, Ah, cool.
1: <laughs> Speaking of breadcrumbs, I love carbs. <sighs> um, fuck. Yeah, so she traced it back like that. If that were true, what would that mean? And if oh. that were true, what would that mean? Yeah, so evidently, Fuck. uh because of the way I look, I deep down think I'm worthless. Because, yeah. Um Yeah, so we're going to be and then we I'm not going to talk about it on here, but we talked about like uh like key memories that stick out from when I was young when you know, somebody said something to me. Uh, or did something that made me feel really bad? I'm not mm-hmm. sharing those on here.
0: <laughs> what? I'm over here talking about. Yeah. Well, that daddy wasn't there, and you're like, I can't share when people. Yeah. Were mean yeah. to
1: me. <laughs> yeah. I, it's hard for me to talk about, man. You're, I all I'm you're not even affected by it. I'm not even kidding you? I almost did. I almost told her I couldn't think of any. I almost lied to her. Buddy. Yeah, I don't know why. It's so humil. It's just so hard for me to talk about. In one, because I, again, logical brain, right. I know how stupid it is. Yeah. It's a 10 year old saying something to another 10 year old. Yeah. And I'm sitting here at 35 being like, that really hurt. <laughs> like my logical brain knows it's not a big deal, but it fucking hurts to even like talk about it. Yeah. So I have, you know, a mismatched, my nervous system is mismatched again. So yeah, I'm not going to say I'm on here, but, um, talked about those and then we did some tests with the eye movement and of course I was focusing on doing it right the whole time instead of actually being in the moment <laughs> so what
0: what is the eye what does that have to do with because I'm I'm confused about it what does the eye movement have to do with these trauma r- so responses or
1: it's the way she explained it is um It's a way to keep you present in the room. Mm. So you basically, you want your eyes to go like as far as you can. So like for here, I would look at like that plant behind you. Yeah. And then, let me look straight. So I'd probably go to the light switch behind you. And then over here, like the edge of the lampshade. And then you go back and forth. And then you do the therapy, but it's a way to keep you present in the room so you're not like reliving the traumas. Oh, and you know, you're have going a panic through them. Or... Your brain can reprogram and like process them as you are now, what? but it, t- it keeps you in the room so you're not going back reliving it. Wow. That's the way she explained, it, or that's the way I understood yeah. what she was saying. She's like, yeah, it's a way to keep you present in the room. Fuck. Yeah, but it's also, you do that, it, it lets your brain like do things dude, the body is so the body's crazy hey, man
0: dude, who, and also who discovered the, hey the, you know what i mean
1: body's unreal body's unreal right <laughs> do we need merch that says body's unreal i think so hey body's unreal body's unreal i can't fucking believe that man yeah i'm nervous yeah so hopefully Ideally, next week, maybe in the next couple of weeks, I won't hate my body anymore. Or maybe I'll hate it a little less. Nice. Are you excited about that at least? If it works, it'd be dope. I don't even give, a, I even told her, she's like, you know, when you look in the mirror, like, what would you like to feel or think? Mm-hmm. And I was like, it just indifference would be great. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, so you just, even body neutrality would be good. I'd be like, I would love it. I don't even need to be body positive. I don't need to love my body. I could just, I want to look at it and be like, "Yep, hey, there it is. And then get on with my fucking day. That'd be yeah. great. Ah, we'll the, see.
0: I love the idea of, yep, there
1: it is. Yeah. <laughs> just, How great would that be to see yeah. yourself with your shirt off and be like, yeah, hey, there it is. Yeah. And then put a shirt on and get on with your day and not think about it again. God, it would be great. I see my fucking body in the mirror, put a shirt on, and anytime I walk by a window, I'm like, yeah like that shirt sure doesn't fit the way I want it to God fucking damn it You know I have those big mirrors in my
0: uh, mm-hmm. bedroom In the closet Yeah And uh I still will turn the opposite way of the mirrors When I'm getting dressed Yeah Yeah Or if I'm in the chef, I'm coming out of the shower and stuff hmm I won't look in the
1: mirror Yeah I get it I get it Uh <sighs> So, uh, yeah. Next time you get on with your dad, I'm going to go, if that was true, what would that mean about you? Yeah. (laughs) And if that was true, what would that mean? Buddy. That's wild, right? Yeah. 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 That, uh. The way I look means I'm worthless. Next two of us. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Table for two. (laughs) Table for two. Make sure it's a big table. <laughs> Start with the dessert menu, would you?
0: <laughs> Put us close to the t- <laughs> Yeah,
1: Is this a buffet? Put us good to the kitchen. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, man. Shit sucks, dude. Therapy sucks, you know? Yeah, a lot of times. <sighs> yeah. But... Where the fuck would we be without it, you know? Oh, God.
0: (laughs) Happier, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Every week I'm, like, crying. I'm like, why am I doing this? We would
1: just be living the ignorance's bliss. (sighs) Just constantly repressing every fucking thing that comes up. Mm. (sighs) I don't know, man. I look at where I am now compared to a few years ago and, like, it's not even close. Yeah. It's kind of like life, um, like days go slow, but years go fast. Mm, mm, it's like, man, a day in therapy is a fucking, <laughs> it's a brutal experience. But when you look at like the collective, yeah, like you can actually see the difference. Yeah.
0: My therapy hours are in dog years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She hit me with a phrase that I've heard before, but I didn't realize what it was. This week, all right. This is the, this is a phrase of the week. All right. Um, magical thinking. It sounds dumb. What is it? It's where. All right, Dumbledore hit me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the idea of that kind of like greater than thinking, greater than thinking of like you could have done something to change that outcome. So it's like all the responsibility is on you. So when we were talking about if I was cool enough. you know, for my father to like me. Yeah. That's magical thinking. It has nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with my father and his way that he was and his lifestyle. Why is it called magical thinking? I don't get it. Because it's, it's like magic. If I would have done something, boom, it would have changed. Like, no, it wouldn't have. Like, that's not on you. You couldn't have done anything to change it. It's not some kind of magic trick that you could have pulled and been like, sounds like a different word for idealism a little bit but idealism is more about the admiration of something and this is more of like if I would have done I could have changed it is is more magical thinking where you're thinking you have the power to make a situation different and it's like when it has nothing to do with you so Mm -hmm. like yeah again like if I was just cooler my dad would have loved me hey man if your dad was cooler he would have loved you
1: (laughs) Ooh <laughs> You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Your dad couldn't got any cooler man. I know dude. <laughs> that is the smoothest motherfucker. Never met him. <sighs> Just from a picture, I'm like, that's a cool dude. Man. Like Williams. <laughs> Williams. That is a cool motherfucker. I had this thought.
0: The things that made my father awesome made my father terrible.
1: Duh